Welcome to the Open Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Aletha Joy, and this is going to be a place where we explore all the things that it is to be a woman in today's society. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Vicky. Thanks so much for coming. Hi, thanks for having us. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good chat. Um, so we know each other through we met through the world of Instagram, where I feel like most people on this podcast, a few of them I've met in real life, but but yeah, we've we've hung out a fair bit, and yeah, I just wanted to get you on because you've got so much wisdom around plants, and you know you eat so many weeds, and you're always doing foraging walks and stuff. So first of all, can you just let our listeners know? what you do and what your journey was to where you are now how you got there yeah so I um I do regular foraging walks with groups now although obviously that sort of like slowed down a bit during the covid but um yeah uh, I used to go out with my grandmother and um when I was little and she used to uh, send us out collecting stuff Um, and then just it's just it's just always seems to have been part of my life really just collecting food outdoors um and not necessarily culti- cultivated food as well but not necessarily just cultivated food but also lots of wild foods so I've grown up eating nettles and dandelions and seasonal foods wild garlic fireweed or rose bay willow herb um <clears throat> and ground elder and yarrow and self-heal and daisies and um yeah you name it all sorts all sorts of things hairy bittercress and um yeah various sort of blossoms and berries and whatnot so yeah so that's kind of really how um that's how I've got to where I am now but it's just like I said something I've just kind of grown up doing but it's just been always been part of my life as Mm -hmm. long as I can remember Mm -hmm. And you don't just do foraging walks as well, because I've been to one of your in-person... Actually, I've been to two of your in-person... Have I been to two of your workshops? It was the pine one. Um, it was like conifers and pine. Can you explain to us a bit of what what those what those involved? Yeah, so that was um, before before lockdown, when we were allowed to do things indoors together. Um, so I put together um, a sort of a workshop where we made... Um, where we used we focused on um conifer um species to make um things to eat and things to heal so we did um we did a tonic which could which had a little bit of alcohol in it but you could just emit the alcohol it was like a tonic syrup so it was um a syrup that you could use for cooking but it was also medicinal so it supported our immune system um it provided lots of vitamins and minerals and it, it um yeah, it, uh, conifers are a, a mood enhancer, and they're also good for your um, circulation. So we made mm-hmm. um, we made a body butter <clears throat> as well, I think, because it seems like quite a long time ago now. Well, I'll tell you, I remember we made you made um, pine chai tea, which was amazing. Oh. And that, yeah. so Vicky always makes food whenever she's doing workshops, and I've actually said to her a few times, "Can I just pay you to make me like food?" Because <laughs> you put stuff on Instagram, and I'm like. <gasps> Oh, what is that? Like, you just stuff you wouldn't really think of. Well, I mean, I know I wouldn't think of it. I mean, I'm I'm quite basic. Like, I'll do like 
you know, garlic pesto or, you know, like seasonal, really simple stuff. But like, you know, you're making like flour and currant cordial and mm-hmm. yeah, and we made, um, I've still actually got some of it, the pine salt and we made pine sugar as well. Um, I think we made something else because I remember I went back with a wee bag, but it was just. Yeah, we did body, we made a body butter and yeah, um, yeah and we did the, the tonic, the tonic syrup. But I think as well, like your your cooking as well, you made like little little pancakes. Um, yeah, like little... I did lunch as well, didn't I? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that's just like you're just like, oh yeah, I made foods, but it's like it's so different for someone who thinks they're into foraging like me, because um, you know my partner looks at me, he's like, you know so much. I'm like, I know about one percent of what there is to know, like <laughs> because 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 he's he's he knows like he's come on a walk with you and he's like oh my god she knows so much and um, are you also doing a herbalist qualification as well I'm just yeah but not because I want to become a herbalist just out of, just because I want to know how things work how different properties in plants work that's the that's the reason why I'm doing it. it's just it's for pre- personal development not professional mm-hmm. development and mm-hmm. um, I mean because I, I I'll often I'll often read um or um or I've, I've often been told that this plant's good for this or this plant's good for that. And and then I've actually often wondered, well, how does that work? Why is that the case? And in um, modern medicine, we'll quite often will actually use active constituents out of plants to formulate um, drugs, you know, so, so, so big pharmaceutical companies will, they'll use these active ingredients and yet they'll poo poo herbal um, um, medicine um, and ancestral medicine which is which is a bit rich, really, because actually all the knowledge that they've they've developed has come from ancestral medicine in the past. So um, I just wanted to know how some of these things work for myself. Um, so that's really the main reason why I've decided to sort of go down that path. And actually, I've really been enjoying it. It's been a real eye opener for me. That's really good. Yeah. And um, you don't just do workshops for adults as well. You told me before that you went into schools and did worked along with um, like allotments doing like uh, yeah like, with kids. So it's the full spectrum of humans that you're helping. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, foraging is seen nowadays as a bit of a hipster um, activity and it's quite, um, it's quite, popular at the moment and quite in vogue and fashionable and it shouldn't be it should be something that everybody's doing and it should be an activity that is accessible for everybody to do um so i i I really enjoy working with community groups because a lot of the people that will attend community groups um particularly in and around glasgow have never had access to this um kind of knowledge before Mm. and there's a lot you know, there's a massive food poverty. I mean, there's food banks all over the place. And yet, you know, people could go out and collect fresh greens pretty much all year round. There's something to collect right the way through the winter, but they don't know about it. Um, and instead, they're going down to food banks. And there's food down there, which is, it's cast off food, basically, that the supermarkets um, can't sell. So they've, they've given it away. Um, uh, and there's very, there's very little fresh food in the food banks. You know, you, mm. you you wouldn't be able to go there and get like fresh greens or fresh fruit and vegetables. That that just wouldn't happen. Um, so I, I I just I do believe that um, everybody should have, have access to this this type of knowledge to be able to support their health and their family 
and also their you know not just their physical health but their mental health as well getting yeah I mean getting out into the in getting outside just getting outdoors generally even if you just go into your local park plants give off pheromones which are actually there to protect them um they're, they're, they're also mood enhancers so they stimulate um parts of our brain which produce happy hormones as for a, a, a simple way to explain it um and it's like when you put your hands in soil if you're gardening if you put your hands into soil all the all the microorganisms that are in the soil release pheromones and that smell that earthy smell stimulates the same receptors in your brain that are stimulated when a, a mother has just given birth to a child or when two lovers have just had sex that's exactly the same part of the brain that's stimulated by that simple act of putting your hands in the ground mm. um, so you know it's it's really really important and it, it's like I said it should be accessible for everybody they should be teaching gardening skills and outdoor skills and nature skills in primary primary schools and secondary schools schools because that's um that's where it has to start it has to start right at the grassroots and working yeah. through society mm -hmm. I think kids are much, they're a lot more susceptible to foraging because one, they're closer to the ground because they're smaller, so they're going to spot stuff quicker. Yeah. But even even the kids that I've looked after in the past, like they're already identifying about six plants that some of them I've actually even forgotten about. Like, oh, look, this is out now. Look, the, the, the ground elder's grown. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. I think if you're constantly, if you're around that and you're constantly speaking about it, it's going to become ingrained in in you yeah, yeah. part of your life uh -huh. um, so I wanted to talk a bit about your granny uh -huh. because I think she I want to kind of honor her as well because she sounded she sounded fucking great <laughs> she sounded like a total yeah, <laughs> granny getting getting all her herbs and stuff so yeah tell us a bit about what she was like yeah she was uh, she was she was a small woman but in stature you know in height but she was she was formidable <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mess if she told you if she told you to do something you did it <laughs> um but she was lovely as well yeah you know she was um incredibly loyal and um and loving and kind and fair you know and if if anybody had her as a friend you you had an ally for life who would support mm. you through thick and thin and whether you were a family member or whether you were just somebody that she met along the way, um, yeah, she had a great sense of humour. Um, she was just she was just an amazing woman. Mm. She had a very hard upbringing, apparently, very hard childhood. Um, and yeah, and she, and she, I mean, her and my grandfather's that their their story is like just an amazing love story. Really, they met in an air raid shelter wow. in, in South Shields. Uh, when my nan was 15 uh, <laughs> I know and then my granddad was he was due to I think he was due to leave it was just before the war the second world war 1939 and then my grandfather um asked my grandmother's father if they could get married and he she was one of it she had a huge family I actually don't know how many brothers and sisters she had but it was more than 10 wow and then she was the oldest and he said yes so long as she could stay as long as she stayed to help look after the children while he was away at war. Um, away, well, they didn't actually know the war was going on. They're going to start then, but they, I, I think they must have had an idea that something was happening. 
Yeah, so uh, she stayed, uh, she only stayed for a short while because once she realised she was pregnant, she left and went and stayed with his parents. So, um, I, I don't actually, I don't actually remember my grandmother's parents at all. Um, I only really remember my granddad's parents and they were, they were lovely, really lovely people. Mm. And so I guess my next question is, so how has she influenced you on your path with, with plants? Um, I think, I think really just because we were just always out. We were, yeah, we were just always out outdoors. Um, she was always out collecting things and, uh, or out in the garden. So we, if we were out on a walk, she would collect things and we would collect things. Um, if we were in the garden, she would, you know, she would be, she would be doing the same. She would just be doing either a bit of sort of looking after her flowers. She loved flowers and mm -hmm. um, her flowers or, um, We'd be collecting some vegetables or something, um, yeah. And, and that that sort of connection that she had, she, it's just I suppose it's just rubbed off on us really. Because I mean, it was never in a sort of um, a you have to come with us. But well, we kind of did really because we were with her. <laughs> we were staying with her because <laughs> our parents were were at work. So me and my cousins, if my cousins were along as well, we we went out. And then I mean, obviously she didn't force us to go everywhere with her. I mean, we quite often went out to play on our own. But it's just when she was in the house, she was always in the kitchen, either baking or cooking something up um, and sort of like, you know, talking away to her, whatever she was making, <laughs> which was quite, yeah, just just really uh, familiar and uh, comfort. That was, yeah, a source of comfort, really, to me, I suppose. Mm. And so was she talking to the food when she was making it? Yeah, she'd be chatting away. <laughs> And then she'd be chatting away to us, and then oh, she'd be shouting at my granddad. <laughs> well, so she was always talking away to somebody. <laughs> well, that's nice. So she was always making stuff because I think as well when you're working with plants and working a lot with herbs, there is a fair amount of preparing because yeah. you're either pickling something, you know, you're putting it in for a tincture, you're macerating it for a while, you know, you're you're always have these different things on the go which I think is really comforting because you know that you've always got something. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think people think, people seem to think that we spend, you know, people who go out foraging for food and et cetera, or, or for medicine or whatever they're out foraging for, seem to be under the impression that we spend most of our time outside. But actually that's not the case. We spend more time in the kitchen because once, mm. you've, got, once you've got what you need from nature, you need to do something with it because like you said, you need to try and preserve that food to last you through the winter. Um, I mean, the busiest, probably the busiest time of year for any anybody who forages on a regular basis would be sort of like possibly September. A bit. But I mean, even now, I mean, I've been collecting wild garlic. I've been stuffing it in the freezer. Um, I've been making salt with it. I've been making pestos with it. I've made soups. I can't get anything else in the freezer now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, 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 or, you know, I haven't actually dehydrated any because it doesn't, it doesn't dry particularly well. It does. It dries okay, but it loses a lot of its pungency and flavour if you dry it. I, I prefer to put it through a salt. Um, yeah, I just tried making salt. Um, well, I did make salt. And you don't get much from it as well, even if you do chop it down. I left it out for a few days to sort of air. But mm -hmm. it, it, it is amazing. And then adding it into anything. Yeah. Um, 
is really good. So yeah, you're always I've I've been in your kitchen, so I know what it's like in there. Got <laughs> so many jars, and like you got your little basket with your mushrooms and whatever you found that day. And yes, yeah, it's, it's really nice. It is really comforting. So I I think it's safe to say that you're turning into your granny now. <laughs> well, that's, that's probably one of the best compliments anybody's ever given me to Lisa. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, so what's some of the best wisdom that your granny passed down to you? Uh, never take anything for granted. Oh. Never take anything for granted because, um, yeah, I mean, you, uh, you, you always miss something more when you don't have it. And you never appreciate anything more than when you've not got it. Mm. Yeah. Um, is there any little um little sort of little things that she would make that you make? Like are there any little or or do you make quite a lot of the stuff that she made? Or is there any like little sort of recipes that you use? Um yeah, well I, I a lot of what she did I, I just do. And it, and they're not sort of recipes that are necessarily written down. Um it's just stuff that, that we do. My mum probably does it as well. In fact, I know for a fact my mum does it. Um, although my mum tends to stick to the garden rather than... she. My mum, don't get me wrong, my mum loves going out for walks, but she tends to go out to out for walks and she tends to be mindful when she's out and sort of take in nature rather than being active in nature, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Whereas my mum just loves her garden, so she loves to be in the garden and she's got all her herbs that she grows in the garden and she's got wild things in the garden that she uses as well. Um, mm. And that tends to be sort of how she, how she's been most of her life, I suppose. Whereas my grandmother actively used to take us out um, come on, we're going to go and get some brambles or come on, we're going to go, and, we need to pick some nettles or um, we need to go and uh, collect some yarrow. Cause she was always making teas. She was always going, she used to get annoyed with me because <laughs> she used to make a herbal cold and flu tea every every year she'd make this tea and every year I would drink it when I didn't have a cold or flu just because it tasted fantastic um mm -hmm. but we had to go and collect the the things that she needed for it so she needed elderflower when the elderflower was here in June so she was always thinking ahead and she's she's passed that on to me so I don't take anything for granted now um mm -hmm. you know so if if I have to go out searching for elderflower last year was a great year for elderflower the year before, where I stay anyway, there wasn't as much. So it's that never taking anything for granted. So if if there's an abundance of, you make the most of it and you enjoy it and you savour it and you preserve it so that you've got it to carry on using. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the herbal cold and flu remedy, if anybody wants to make it, it tastes amazing and it is really effective. It basically, it's equal quantities of um, dried yarrow, flowers um dried elderflower peppermint and elder balm um, yeah. and just mix elder, elder balm what's that um, oh, sorry lemon balm <laughs> lemon balm i was like elder lemon what's balm. that yeah lemon balm lemon balm or oh, lemon balm's lovely anyway on its own isn't it yeah. mm. even just drinking uh, actually like, even just i was drinking lemon balm and elderflower tea this year oh, sorry last year last summer i was just making tea with it and it was lovely mm. um just but yeah when you add that combination of yarrow because yarrow is actually quite an aromatic plant as well it's um I, I love using the leaves as well as the the flowers because the leaves have got a not not quite as strong but they've got a similar um 
scent to lavender. You know, that sort of aromatic, sort of heady scent that um, lavender has when you crush it. Well, mm -hmm. the, the leaves of um, yarrow are, are kind of similar. They're lovely. If you blitz them, if you blitz the leaves through some sugar and then make a shortbread or a cake with them, um, it's, it's a really nice flavour. I'm going to, um, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to, and obviously in the show notes as well, I'll write where people can find you. Because if you go into Vicky's Instagram, it is just full of like food porn. Like it's <laughs> like, like the cakes that you make and stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, just put as, as much as you can through it off different plants and they're just amazing. Mm -hmm. So definitely give her a follow. Um, and I'll, I will talk about that at the end where people can find you. Um so yeah so obviously plants are really intuitive just like us you know we're so connected to plants what's a good way to get to know plants and build a relationship with them because I know a lot of people who will be listening to this will be going oh well you know I don't really know what's around me and I don't really know what that is maybe I feel drawn to it what would you say is a good way to get to know them and build um, I think I think when you generally when you walk in if you're out walking about um, think some things will just tend to to sort of jump out at you. So for me, I mean, my my favourite plant, my favourite wild plant is dandelions. Um, mm. for several reasons, not just because they're so abundant, but because they're a survivor. Really, it doesn't make any difference how much you try to get rid of them; they just always keep cropping up everywhere. Um, uh, but also, you know, dandelions are um, a really um, a really nurturing plant. They really support us, particularly women. They um, support our liver and 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 our digestion so you know because of that they also put, also support your kidneys so they you know they help your liver to break down toxins um including um daft hormones that might be sort of flying around that are causing mm -hmm. you grief so yeah I, I really just just have a look when you're walking about and see what you're drawn to and try and find out what it is there's loads of there's, there's several really good plant ID apps out there these days, which are free. You can just download and you can just take a photograph as you're passing it. And it, and quite often, if it's a really common plant, it, it'll be easy to identify. And then once you know what that plant is, actually have a feel of it, have, feel, have a feel of what its leaves feel like, have a smell of it. Um, because plants have got their own energetics. So as a good example, um, if you smelt, uh, if say for example, if you smelt um, a pine tree, it would it would it has a sort of an aromatic sort of resiny sort of slightly lemony scent as well as that that piney scent. Whereas mm -hmm. if you went, went and smelt, um, say for example, a fir tree, and you had a sort of really good rub of the needles, that would smell fruitier and it would smell more sort of citrusy and sort of tangerine. -y. Um. So, you know, different plants, they've got different scents. So for that yarrow is a good example. Yarrow has got um, a similar sort of um, fragrance to lavender, but not as strong. And it's it's slightly different. And then look at something like um, nettles. Nettles, when you plunge them into water, you can smell all the minerals in them. They've got that sort of mineral scent to them. But if you make a cordial out of nettles, it tastes kind of similar to a cordial that's made out of elderflower. So they've yeah. obviously got similar constituents. So elderflower and nettles are um, really, really support, both really supportive plants, both 
full of nutrients um, which will support your immune system. So, you know, take time to smell a plant and feel it. Obviously, don't feel nettle leaves all over. You're going to get jagged. But, you know, the underside of a nettle leaf has got no sting. So you could feel the underside of a nettle leaf. Um, yeah. If, if a plant feels sort of like plump and sort of like waxy almost and uh, squidgy, then, it, you know, that, that tells you that that plant will probably um, support some kind of body system. For example, um, dock leaves. So young dock leaves, when they first come up, and they're sort of wrapped in these sort of tiny shoots that they come up. And they've got like a sort of almost like a papery sort of casing. If you, if you pick one of those shoots, the young dock leaf is um, enc encased in this sort of like lemony sort of gel. That gel is like, it's the equivalent of aloe vera. It's like, it will treat. So if you rub that onto wounds, onto bends or cuts or stings, it'll soothe them. Um, yeah, you told me that your granny used to wrap dock leaves around your hands when you'd cut yourself. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't really ask her what she was doing. She would like batter them a bit and then put make like a sort of, is it a poultice? Yeah, she would. Uh, yeah, she used to make poultices with all sorts. Yeah, dock leaves and uh, and plantain. Plantain was the yeah. She's a lot greater plantain because it's obviously a bigger leaf, whereas the ribwort plantain's long and thin. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, go on. No, no, you go. Yeah, and I was just going to say that's the, the yeah the easiest way to get to know a plant is to just spend some time with it, feel it, smell it, um, make sure you know what you're looking at. Um, and then go and do some research. Uh, and if you if you're new, if you've never done it before, just choose two plants and then really get to know them before you move on to another one. Because mm. it can be a bit overwhelming otherwise. Um, I know when I do the, the the wild food walks, I always send people a list of what we've looked at, and uh, and there can be upwards of twenty odd plants, and that that can be a lot. But at least they've got a list. That list, and they can work through it. And some of the plants that we've looked at, the lonely sea say for example it was wild garlic they're only going to see it um from sort of like very early spring through to um very early summer maybe dependent upon what part of the country they're in um so that would i, I would give them i would say to them right this is a spring plant look at this first um mm -hmm. yeah but just just choose a couple and focus on a couple and and really get to know them um i just want to note though as well my partner seems to think that if you kind of know what something is, you should just eat it. That is oh, not no. a good idea. <laughs> just in case you're getting too friendly with the plant and you're like, oh, yeah, I think this is what this is, and eat it. That's yeah. not good to get to know a plant. Yeah. Do your research before you do that because, you Absolutely. know, even though we are really connected to plants and, you know, there's there, there are quite a few that are poisonous. I mean, you would need to eat a lot of it to kill you or to have some sort of reaction, but at the same time, yeah, well, don't... Some of them you wouldn't need to eat a lot of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's some that look like other ones as well. Yeah, um, so a prime example of that is um, cow parsley and hemlock. Well, cow parsley, hemlock, sweet sicily, those three look very, very similar. Just look at them. So hemlock um, suppresses the respiratory system, and you wouldn't need to eat a lot for it to actually kill you. Um, whereas cow parsley is like a, it's a, it's delicious, and it's like a parsley in you know in flavour. Um, and Sweet Sicily um, also looks like hemlock and cow pasta, but it tastes of aniseed. So 
you know, it, you, you don't want to get hemlock mixed up with uh, sweet sicily or cow parsley because it, no. it would be a mistake that you never make again because you probably wouldn't survive it. And um, so if you are not 100% sure of what you were looking at, don't pick it. Don't mm -hmm. consume it. Yeah, that's just a um, thing. What is your favourite you're working with? Just Yeah. Well, just dandelions. I just love dandelions. Yeah, I, I I like dandelions because they're available all year round. So at this time of the year, it's the leaves and the flowers. Mm -hmm. uh, all the energy is going up from the roots and into the into the leaves and the flowers. And and then sort of at the end of the summer, I'll use the roots because all the energy is going back into the roots. Then so all the goodness of the plants going back into the roots, and that's the case with any plant that you can harvest the roots and the and the aerial parts with Amazing. never yeah never harvest roots when a plant is uh, reproducing if it's if it's because it, all the energy will be going out of the root and into the into the main body of the um of the of the plant so it's 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 not a pointless exercise but also it's detrimental to the plant itself it doesn't give the plant the opportunity to um spread its seed and, and carry on it you know its life cycle by by doing that so never dig up the roots in them when the plants reproducing so can you just give us some some little facts about dandelion how it supports yeah so dandelion i i'm going through the menopause i think i'm going through the menopause anyway and dandelions are really good for um supporting your liver and your liver is really important for breaking down um excess hormones so um yeah and also dandelion because dandelion's a bitter plant so if you eat anything bitter it immediately stimulates the brain to start to send signals down to your body to start your stomach to start producing more bile which will um more efficiently digest your food so um it's good for that but also it's highly nutritive um it's full of vitamins and minerals if you put dandelion leaves next to spinach um spinach will be way down dandelions have got far higher levels of vitamins in and minerals in them than spinach has so and, and everybody thinks spinach is, real. spinach is good for you i'm not yeah um yeah dandelions are far more nutritious than uh, spinach they've got much they've got much much higher levels of uh of vitamins so uh, and, and that includes like vitamin a vitamin c vitamin k um wow. yeah They've also got vitamin E, they've got folate, they've got small amounts of uh, some of the B vitamins. Um, they've got, they've in, you know, they're full of iron, calcium, magnesium, potassium. They're just, they're, they are, I don't like using the term superfood, but they literally are. And so are nettles. Nettles are the other one that are highly, highly nutritious. So, yeah, they're just, just amazing, an amazing plant. And what's amazing about them as well is they're considered... <clears throat> weeds and, then, and people will just pull them right out of their garden and pull out the roots so that they can have yeah. nice little pretty lawns but like what we're saying um you're saying to the menopause chat about that in a couple of minutes mm -hmm. um when you're going through the menopause your your estrogen is finding you're, you're not going to rely on estrogen anymore you'll still have very small amounts of it because you won't be ovulating mm -hmm. what happens is estrogen apart um what what am i trying to say <laughs> estrogen plays a massive part 
metabolism and and yeah. fastens your metabolism. So obviously, if you're eating a lot of dandelion and lots mm-hmm. of weeds that are really high in iron and vitamins and stuff like that, it's going to quicken your digestion and start breaking down the hormones because that's what our yeah. body naturally yeah. do when 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 we are on a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really important that you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're also they're also important though, um, particularly for women because dandelion root, particularly, is full of um, a chemical called inulin, which is really really good. For, it's uh, it's really really good for um, the bacteria the bacteria in your gut. So mm. it's you know it it's particularly good for um. Oh, there's a lot of mood receptors in uh, in 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 the gut in your gut. Sorry, the dog's just got up and launched himself towards me. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, by the way, Vicky's got a massive dog thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's getting down. Okay, go on. Hmm? He had that massive foot. It sounds like he was about to go through the ceiling. <laughs> and land in the living room downstairs. <laughs> What was I saying? I was talking about dandelion roots and uh, how good they are for your gut. We've got um, loads of receptors that affect our mood in our gut. Um, so taking a food, taking a food like um, dandelion root, which has got lots of uh, inulin in it. Um, another one is I'm just trying to think what's the other one. I think it's chicory. Chicory root's got quite a lot of inulin in it as well. Mm-hmm. They are really, really good for supporting um the balance of the bacteria of your bacteria that are in your in your gut um so taking dandelions uh, it not only supports your um ba- the bacteria in your gut but they in turn will then help support your mental health because they they are they're going to balance out um levels of uh, happy hormones in your system as well so they can mm-hmm. you know taking dandelions root regularly can help with um you know sort of maintaining uh uh, anxiety if you're um, I, I mean I've been suffering from anxiety I seem to wake up with it in the mornings with I, I wake up sometimes with the absolute fear and I don't know why there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to it I just haven't got a clue why I feel like that um because I can I can then sit up and think well why am I feeling frightened almost you know I, I feel like I'm really frightened sometimes and um and, and there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, but since I've started regularly taking um, cups of dandelion root um, coffee or tea, call it what you want, um, it has actually helped. So That's amazing. Um, yeah, I guess we can talk about the cycle stuff. So I ask everyone that comes on the podcast um, a couple of questions, the same questions. And I know that you are... Well, you think? I mean, I'm assuming you're you're going through menopause right now. Um, uh-huh. What's what's your relationship with your cycle like now? Then, as your obviously your hormones are changing, because um, because I think you spoke about before that your cycle before was you had a good relationship with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about it before, to be honest. It it, it mm-hmm. happened. I've never been somebody who has suffered from uh, major premenstrual tension or um, I never suffered from really heavy periods or terrible period pain. I've been incredibly lucky. I was lucky with when I had my, my daughters. I had no issues when, you know, I gave birth naturally, didn't need any stitches. I, I, I've, like I said, I've just been 
in incredibly blessed all the way through. Um, I'm probably more aware of my cycle now because it's not as regular. Um, I actually thought it had stopped. I thought I'd stopped having periods. And then, um, and then when I do have a period, it feels almost like m my body's trying to have a period because it's hardly mm. worth it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm taking notice of it now more than I ever did, but uh, <laughs> more so I don't get caught out. Uh, it, it's annoying because now nowadays, the, I mean, it wasn't that they weren't available when I was when I first started my periods in the sort of eighties. Um, you couldn't get period pants. You could like what we call period pants were just like the horrible grey old knickers that you would wear when you were on your period. So you yeah. didn't if you happen to get caught out. Um, but now you can buy period pants that you can wear, and you don't need to use any protection. You don't need a towel or a tampon. Um, and I, I really wish I could have, you know, I really wish that they had been available for me when I was younger. But I, there's no point me investing in anything like that now, because I know mm. that my periods are coming to an end. Um, mm. So now I try to buy um, <clears throat> non-bleached um, towels, non-fragranced sanitary towels. And um, I don't use uh, tampon. I have got some tampons just in case I have a heavy period but it hasn't happened. So I don't need to use the tampon. So they're actually just sitting in the, in the packet in the cupboard. But again, you know, using tampons that are made from pulp that's been bleached is really not good for us. I don't think. Um, yeah. I mean, when I obviously started on my cycle journal, uh, cycle journal <laughs> journey, I was using always. And uh -huh. every single time I just get like oh my god like why like these are pads and they're really good and when you start looking into it there's so many chemicals yeah. that for hours and especially with tampons as well that like you can get toxic shock syndrome uh -huh. from using a tampon and it's like hello there's there's yeah. people can use mink I actually bought one and tried it not for me I just like would say that I guess you may in the loss of your period as well because you're like oh I quite I quite being on a I don't know I, I don't think I am grieving the loss of my period to be honest um I'm not even sort of grieving the loss of my youth I'm I'm I mean I'm not somebody who I don't dye my hair so my hair I'm letting that naturally go gray I, I'm just embracing I, I just feel like people should we can't stop time it's going to happen regardless of whether we like it or not and the aging process, we are going to get old. We are getting older all the time. From the minute we're born, we are we are aging. And I, I can't understand why people are constantly fighting that. And it really irritates the hell out of me when uh, I see adverts advertising all these, you know, super expensive creams that can make you look younger and get rid of your wrinkles. And, and why should we? You know, mm. you know, why should we? Why should we have to do that? We shouldn't. We, we should just be able to be as we are meant to be. Um, so no, I'm 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 honestly not. I'm not. Um, I'm, I've got no regrets. I'm I'm not sort of mourning the fact that my period's going to be stopping soon. I, I'm not actively looking forward to it. I'm. I'm just. Um, I'm just embrace. I'm just really trying to embrace every stage of my life. And uh, mm. honestly, Talitha, I feel. Even with this bit of anxiety that I, uh, that that affects me uh, now and again, I feel more powerful now than I've ever felt in my life. 
That's amazing. You know. Because you're still to the crone, so as yeah. as well yeah. in the podcast what sort of inner like because there's obviously made a mother crone and I was speaking to a wild about it. The crone is the Kaliak. So like she and, and like standing off it could you put over the whole off the to go to sleep at the ground you just can't mm-hmm. can't see it it has to deal. and yeah so how are you experiencing moving into like your days of your life yeah no I, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just embracing it. I, um, pro- I'm probably not as, I'm not as active as I used to be. Um, mind you, nobody's as active as they used to be. Probably <laughs> <laughs> COVID. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as active as I used to be. And I think, I think, I mean, I've noticed that. But with both of my dogs, like we Archie, he's eleven now. He's really slowed down in the last. 12 months I'd say but even Bernie is not legging it around like a lunatic the way he used to be he's seven so he's now starting to he's starting to plod about a bit more um and I think yeah I'm yeah I'm just uh yeah I, I think we're not supposed to it's like it's like in winter society says that we are supposed to be on the go all the time and really busy doing this and doing that and no Actually, that's not right. That's not how life is supposed to be. That's not how nature works. We have spring is the time when we're supposed to be reproducing and busy and active and getting ready and then reaping the harvest of our, and the fruits of our labour later on in the summertime. And, and then autumn is about starting to slow down a little bit. And then winter is, is our rest period. That's when we're supposed to really take time and rest. You know, our bodies when the light start, when the days start getting longer and there's more light, our bodies respond to that. And we are supposed to respond to that. And that's, that's when we're supposed to be at our most active. We're not supposed to be active all the time, you know? So when the days start getting shorter, that's when we're supposed to start resting and relaxing and taking a little bit of time to look after ourselves and, um, and try and eat all of that nutritious food that we should have harvested throughout the spring and the summer and the, and the autumn. Um, to see us through that winter that winter period that's when we're supposed to rest and allow our bodies time to uh, to just recuperate and then and then it all starts all all over again so yeah so the crone period for me is um yeah I've done my job my two children are grown up they've got their own lives to lead they've got their own homes they've got their own partners my job is done as far as I'm concerned and I'm there for them if they need me and they're there for me if I need them. Um, and believe me, that's that's how it goes in my family. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just taking it easy now. <laughs> I'm still don't get me wrong, I still work, but I do things that I want to do. I do stuff that I enjoy doing. That's mm. really good. Mm. That's really good that you feel comfortable. Like the 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 archetype of the the wise woman, she knows the cycles like she has all the wisdom. Mm-hmm. yeah I guess when you go into the chrome phase um, at, so I'm in and it's really like yeah you know everything like you don't need to worry about stuff like I'm so slow and grounded and almost like 
I kind of miss that when I'm in my inner maiden and, and the rest of my cycle because it's like, you know, you just know without having to really worry about stuff. Uh-huh. But I think, yeah, menopause, and I'll need to get you back on here and we'll do a podcast about menopause, is so widely like, no, you just, and there's a hundred, it's not, but actually it be like that. It can be powerful reframing of who you are then so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's funny because um I, I i've done some work with a chef friend of mine who's he, i mean he's young enough to be my son but i know him through a work um through a work capacity um but he's actually a friend now as well and uh, and he was he was saying he said oh my mum's been terrible he said she's going through the menopause and she's just become a different person he said she used to be so so laid back and uh, he said now he said he said she gets uh, you know she's so confrontational and uh, and I was just I just started laughing and he said what are you laughing at he said it's not funny and I went it is funny I said she's just not taking any shit from you anymore that's all there is to um, it <laughs> he's got he's 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 one of five so. Um, and apart from him, all his brothers and sisters ended up living back at home during lockdown. And I said to him, I said, what do you expect? I said, she thought her job had been, uh, was done and dusted. I said, and you lot have all landed back on her doorstep. Mm. <laughs> I said, hey, I'd be pissed off if I was there as well. <laughs> well um, I mean, I, I, a lot of women go through menopause and they're fighting that. They're really yeah. fighting like, like letting go because you do have to let go and surrender to the wisdom that's already there. Keep up this sort of image of the yeah, everything for everything else, but actually, and also that it's a terrible time for people who haven't had children because it's off their bleeding days, so obviously they're not fertile anymore. And mm-hmm. I think it'd be a totally different landscape to to navigate because. You know, even I mean, just totally like that's that's more accepted. Yeah, it's it's a complete reframe of who you are. I mean, obviously you're a person, but yeah, yeah. you're willing to do stuff that you would people don't like. <laughs> no, they find it quite. I mean, I mean, they say that you know you're sort of like a pensioner's behaving badly and stuff they're not they're just doing what they want to do why, why shouldn't they do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody else um yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to ask you as well do you remember your men arc when you started your periods yeah i was quite young uh sorry quite old um i was quite young but i was old for in terms of uh i didn't start my periods until i was uh 15 so quite old for somebody starting their periods. My sister started her periods when she was 10. <laughs> wow. I know. And, and how was that experience for you? Did you enjoy it? Or were you kind of like, oh, no, I've got my period? Or was it kind of, did um, it show you the way? I didn't, uh, it didn't really put me, put me up or down, really, to be honest. Um, I don't remember thinking, I don't remember being dismayed. Um, and I don't remember being really happy either I just I, I don't know it was just it wasn't a particularly I suppose it was a significant event because um it was my body was obviously changing but I didn't yeah I, um it wasn't I didn't make a big I don't think I made a big deal of it particularly 
I quite like that because it is just a part of your life. It yeah. is just like something that happens to you and happens within you. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, like for me, like it was very much like don't tell anyone about about this experience that you're having. It's very private. But with you, it's just like, yeah, just got my period. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Cool. yeah. It's funny. I think, um, yeah, I think in my family, I don't I don't think uh, sort of women's issues are, are a hidden Think possibly because there's so many women in my family, like strong female women in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember my my stepdad um, being sent to the supermarket to get my eldest daughter a bra. <laughs> it was her first bra, <laughs> you know. And I think some people would be horrified at that. But he he was quite accepting of the situation. Just went and I think my mum gave him instructions on what to buy. And uh, yeah, and then. And then he, yeah, <laughs> gave them, came back and gave them to to her, and she was like, "Oh right, okay, <laughs> I'll wear these then, shall I?" For <laughs> men like that, who yeah, are, yeah. Of, um... I mean, he's quite—I'll be honest—he's quite old-fashioned. He, he had quite an old-fashioned upbringing because his parents were very quite Victorian in their in their views, I would say. Um, so he's he's done well in our family. <laughs> to be honest he's done well yeah he survived so that's good (laughs) amazing I really like people's stories about their about their cycle and and how they started because I think it really initiates into because because it deal like Uh therefore you know I I think if it was if it was a big deal like in a negative way then you would become disassociated from it and I think it's it's interesting you've obviously got two girls yeah so that's that big oh yeah i wanted to ask you as well because i remember we were chatting birth of, of girls how how was it postpartum for you um in, in what respect and like integrating into being into being a was it easy was it you know challenging did you have support from your and your mom yeah 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 no no i had i had support um I wouldn't say it was challenging. I, like I said, I was lucky because, um, I mean, I was in labour for quite a while. I was in labour for 16 hours with Jade and, and 12 hours with Jazz, but um, I didn't, I never had, I didn't need any drugs and I had support. Um, my mother gave me, um, she gave me all these little um, remedies to take for different types of labour pain. Mm. Um, I didn't, got them from a nan or, or what but um yeah so I had those um which and I have to say the hospital were not happy about that at all whatsoever um <laughs> what is this what are you taking what 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 does this and, and um uh, basically in the end I had to tell them to fuck off and leave me alone um, <laughs> because they were wanting me, yeah they were wanting to give me in jet because I'd been throwing up um when I when I was in labor with Jade I was throwing up um, at one point and they wanted to give me something to stop me throwing up and I was just like no um, and I just took one of the remedies that um, my mum had given me and that did it but it was you know she wouldn't I know she wouldn't have given me anything that was bad for me that anything that would have put me or or Jade at risk so but you know sort of conventional medicine people working in sort of like conventional medicine don't always uh, agree with that do they they don't People don't 
trust what they don't know and I knew that what I was being given was could, was going to help me so I just took it uh, I had absolute faith and trust in my family that's really so. cool and I remember you said as well that you had your second one you were how old was your first one how old was was your your eldest when you realized you were pregnant yeah, so there's only a year between, just over a year between my guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I didn't realise you could get pregnant while you were breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a shock. I think I must have been about five months pregnant with Jazz before I realised. I was like, oh, I'm getting, wow. I'm, getting I'm putting weight on. <laughs> See, that's yeah. so cool just embrace every every part I think for a lot of people pregnancy is like totally planned and it's like really scary afterwards but for you it's just like yeah and I think as well there's a lot to do with it as well because of your family and then also because your diet from such a young age has been so rich in so many different kinds of vitamins yeah, yeah. Um, body is able I guess it's all about how the nervous system because mm -hmm. a lot of people have a lot of trauma when they're younger and their nervous system gets wired up and you know you're constantly ingesting so many different kind of weeds and herbs that would just be strengthening your immune system and your nervous system so anything comes at you you're able to face yeah and I think I think the 80s were a time when sort of the 70s and 80s were a time when there was a, a lot of um, sort of like processed convenience food suddenly started, mm -hmm. you know, things like these packets of, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of something off the Angel Delight, you know, these sort of packets of instant um, desserts that you could you oh, just add. Yeah. yeah, with all these kinds of artificial flavorings and colorings and additives. So that they, all those things, they were sort of like hitting the shelves and starting to, ready meals were starting to become a thing. You know, so people didn't have to cook if they wanted to, because society was changing. You know, men, men and women, so mothers and fathers were starting to go out to work full time, and um, you know, so there was a lot of what they call the latchkey kids would come in from school and make themselves a jam butty or get themselves something out the freezer to keep themselves going until mum and dad came home, and then they would have dinner together. And I mean, I was lucky, but both my my mum, she was a nurse, so she worked shifts. But when she was working, we went to my nan and granddad. So I never had that. I never came in from school and there was nobody there. I always kept my, I'm the same with my brother and my sister. We always came in from school and um, either my mum was in or we'd go around to my nan and granddad's. So we've always, we always had that. We always had a proper meal. And uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people probably didn't get that. Mm -hmm it's just you know i think it's a societal thing society's changed we've become a very throwaway culture haven't we sort of convenience culture oh yeah and i think as well this just leads me on to my last well i know a lot of what you eat like a big part of your diet is like so and white well wild foods um and and they benefit you so deeply and i think yeah i remember you talking them when your girls were younger and people would come over for dinner and they'd be like oh what's this and you're like it's just yeah. food it's not like it's good <laughs> it tastes good it's just don't make it. um how 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 can you so for someone completely new who has no idea like how how easy is it to incorporate like can you put potatoes can you eat it with porridge like how, how yeah. easy is it? 
yeah of course you can yeah so i mean you, you if you if you go to i mean even the sort of like the the cheaper supermarkets like little and aldi you can buy things like um you know what they call like superfood supplements to go in your in your cereals like spirulina or whatever that horrible tasting wheatgrass i think it is um but you could equally you could collect some you, you could collect some nettles and you don't even need a, de a dehydrator or an oven you just dehydrate them naturally let them wilt and dry and then just blitz them through a hair grinder and then sprinkle a spoonful of that on your porridge in the morning Amazing. or you know you could what i was saying earlier on about the dandelion leaves okay they are quite bitter just blanch them and then just use them uh, like you would any like you would spinach or mm -hmm. any sort of like leafy green vegetable um, and the same goes with, you know, sort of like wild garlic and ground elder, cow parsley, you know, all of these, just use them like you would any other herb or leafy, leafy green vegetable in your diet. They're easy enough to add in. Um, I make salts. So um, I love um, spruce salts and garlic salts and you can sprinkle them on your chips. If you're having chips, you could roast, you know, uh, season your potatoes with and roast potatoes and and they're so it's so easy or even a honey I've got more of a sweet to yeah, yeah. honey yeah. with that flower uh -huh. or yeah yeah and if you want a sweet you know you can make syrups you can um and a syrup's easy enough to do it's it's equal quantities of water sugar and whatever plant material and then if you want to strain the plant material out afterwards you can if you don't you can leave the plant material in so if you wanted to make something like they call it dandelion honey. It's so dandelion flowers. Collect your dandelion flowers and then you make a syrup with it. And people call it dandelion honey because it tastes incredibly like actual honey. Um, mm. You know all, all that pollen, and you can either you can strain it out, you can strain the, the the petals out, or you can leave them in, and it looks a little bit like a little bit like marmalade almost because you've got these little tiny petals in there as well from the from your dandelion flowers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really so easy to incorporate weeds into your food. You just treat them like you would any other leafy green vegetable or herb that you would go and buy in the supermarket. The problem is a lot of people do not buy fresh fruit and vegetables to cook with. They'll buy so, they buy so much stuff that's already processed, you know, mm -hmm. already produced. You know, unfortunately, even vegetarian and vegan now, maybe that's not a bad thing because it's possibly encouraging more people to eat a plant-based diet but there is an awful lot of convenience foods sitting on the shelves out there in the supermarkets mm. yeah a lot of like vegan steaks i eat mostly veggie foods but a lot of the vegan they've got gluten in them they're like steaks like okay mm. so you have steaks for it to for it to look like it's it's meat which is which is interesting because you know if you if if you want the some meat like but obviously there's so many different reasons why people are vegan and veggie but you know there's so like our ancestors would have eaten meat like there's so many nutrients in it mm -hmm. but also equally there's so many nutrients in in unprocessed vegetables that are fresh there's so yeah. many places yeah. like a, there's a place here in glasgow called lockavore and they do <clears throat> like a weekly veg box and you know like they grow most of those vegetables themselves and you know yeah. organic soil and it's just about I guess it's just about finding what's right for you and also just taking the time to find uh-huh uh -huh. 
yeah. I mean, people have said to me, I, I, I mean, I, I was vegetarian and then um, developed a, an, um, I'm not, I don't think I'm allergic to milk, but certainly um, milk makes me feel quite ill these days. Um, mm-hmm. It's me really bad headaches and uh, upset stomach, etc. But uh, so I'm probably more, in, I'm intolerant to milk rather than allergic, I, I would, I would say. But people have, you know, people question when they find, so quite often I'll find people question me when I say that I'm vegan. Um, and it's, I find it easier to say I'm vegan because I don't eat cheese. Okay, Vicky, so thanks so much for coming on this podcast. As always, your wisdom is so insightful, especially with all the plants. And so where can people find you? Online. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, The Little Foragers Kitchen, and um, I'm I'm I, I'm still trying to get my website sorted out. Um, I, I've just been putting it off really because this is just there's just so much going on outside now, and for me to do in the kitchen that um, <clears throat> yeah, I've got I'm I'm just making excuses. I'm just procrastinating. I need to set some time aside <laughs> each day to just do it. <laughs> but yeah, I will soon have um a website the little foragers kitchen.com as well so yeah that's where you can find me. and are you are you have you got any workshops coming up um in may time or june have you got any online things that people could yeah, possibly I've join got, um i've got four work four wild food walks in um may but they're sold out so i haven't advertised them but, um wow. so i'm going to put some more dates up um so from yeah towards the end of may there's going to be some more dates going up um, but the ones at the beginning of May and the middle of May are um, have sold out. Amazing. So if people are local to Glasgow, but if not, definitely give her a follow on Instagram. And I'm sure we will have you back on here. Um, definitely going deep into menopause because I'm very, very interested. Yeah. In. I'm so actually going to be doing you... some more um, <clears throat> menopause, hebel, wild hebel, menopause support walks. Amazing. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll be starting those in, in sort of June time because there's a lot more about then for people to um, access, and I'm hoping to do some um, some actual um, physical um, menopause workshops as well, where we can look at the food that we that we can use to support ourselves with, and sort of the wild plants and how we can incorporate them into our diet. So I'm hoping to do some sort of outdoor workshops um, where we'll go and gather. A selection of herbs and then look at them a bit more in depth and sit down and have some food together um once things open up a bit more I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to put too many dates out too far in advance just in case things <clears throat> end up having to come back back in again no don't say that <laughs> don't yeah. say that it might happen because um i mean it's it's happened in chile they had it they were really far far ahead in their um vaccination program and then they relaxed things, and now they've had to go into a worse lockdown than the previous couple that they'd already had, uh, because because uh, yeah, infection rates were sort of soaring. But I think it was mainly amongst the younger population because they hadn't been vaccinated, and uh, had, had sort of like thrown caution to the wind. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be still, you know, having to sort of wear the face masks and the physical distancing and hand hygiene. And I think if people carry on doing that regardless of whether we've been vaccinated or not um i think it will obviously it's going to stop the spread of infection but 
-hmm. yeah but all my all my workshops are outdoors now um and all the winter workshops are going to be online so amazing so that's good so if people aren't local then they can find you and you'll be talking about that on your instagram yeah Yeah. amazing absolutely i'll also be um traveling um i'm allowed to travel for work so i'll be traveling to other parts of uh, scotland certainly to do um workshops and walks in the future as well amazing okay vicky well thank you so much and i'm sure we will have you on here brilliant thank you very much for having me